was good. That was awesome. Love that. Uh. Um, you guys, you guys sound awesome. Do you guys love singing together? It's so good. We have a. I I know we say a lot, but we're so we're so blessed to have to have a worship team like this um, that gets to lead us. So, thanks, team. Um, hey, tonight we are talking about your family. You can pick your friends and you can unfollow people on Instagram, but your family—they're kind of harder to shake. Some of you are like I know I've tried, but they're still there when I wake up in the morning. Uh, your family has a huge impact on who you are. Um, and today, Grace and I were looking through some awkward family photos online, and so I don't know if these represent your family, but we found them, and they looked really awesome. Um, yes. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening in this picture. Um, this one, yeah, no trust, lie, commit, and touch. So good. Um, notice, notice the iguana. Anyone have an iguana? No one has an iguana. Awesome. Um, so I, I love this part because I feel like she was picking her nose and the family, like, we just really wanted her to feel like a part of the family. So, like, they just went with it. That's cute. Um, look at this. Yes. Um, that's great. And I think, I think that's, that's beautiful. Um, so some of you might say your family is awkward. Like, maybe you've been afraid to introduce um, them to people, or you're afraid, oh, someone's going to meet my family. <sighs> um, and then, I don't know, just some of us have different experiences with our family. Some of us, we love our family. Some of us are starting to realize, okay, they got a lot of stuff. Uh, it was when I was uh, towards the end of high school that I realized that my family wasn't perfect. It was like a crazy thing. Um, and I want to start there. No one's perfect. You're not perfect? How many times do you go to bed at night thinking, I wish I wouldn't have said that thing? I wish I wouldn't have done that thing? Same thing with your family, right? They all have stuff where you are all broken. Um, a different belief system might think that people can be perfect and, and get their way to perfection, but Christianity, we believe that we're broken. Um, so we blow it. That's what um, Christians do. So if you feel like, I've blown it today, welcome. This is where grace is. This is where grace is, okay? It's not for perfect people. Because um, if you are perfect, that's actually a sin called self-righteousness, and you're also not perfect. Welcome. Um, so we all, everyone just breathe in. Sigh of relief, Ooh, my family's not perfect and no one's family's perfect and it's okay because I fit in here. Um, your family's not perfect. Um, here's what we're talking about today. Here's the big point. Uh, your family has given you both blessings and baggage. The blessings and baggage of our families go back from three to four generations. They profoundly impact who you are today. When in the Bible it talks about the word family, it's not just your mom and dad. Um, it's not just your second cousin, third cousin. It's not just that. Um, it's people who have a deep influence on you, but it's people that go back from generations before you. So when people talk about family, that'd be like your family in the 1800s. That those that somehow, what your family did in the 1800s still is impacting you today. Um, has anyone ever done like, you know, my ancestry and stuff like that, and you've gone back and you've searched, and maybe you saw like when came to America or when they did that? Yeah, it's really interesting. I love it. And, and some of the decisions that your family made back then still influence you today. Um, there are blessings and baggage that come with all families. Um, so there, there, are also, um, there are also patterns that actually continue throughout generation to generation. Maybe you've heard like father, like son. That can be said like, like daughter, like mother. That there are sometimes patterns 
that repeat from generation to generation to generation. Um, the patterns could be divorce, alcoholism, addictive behaviors, sexual abuse, poor marriages, um, one child running off, mistrust of authority, pregnancy out of wedlock, an inability to sustain stable relationships. These things can continue to repeat generation after generation after generation. Um, those are some big things, but in small ways, we have been impacted by our families. Okay, big point, we've been impacted by our families for good and for bad. Um, so our family has influenced us. And so a lot of us, we want to grow as people. We, want, who wants, we all want to have healthy relationships, right? Who wants to have a healthy relationship? Who, like, maybe if you get married one day, wants to have a healthy marriage? You want to build these awesome things. We're going to build it. I want to go forward. I want to be healthy. I want to not have all this baggage that I might have. And we want to go forward. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want to go forward, first you got to go back. You can't move forward until you look back. And so... Um, when they just built this awesome center a few months ago, like a year ago this time, I think it was just opening, um, and before they could build it up and make it awesome, they had the plans. It looked like this. It was like, oh, we're going to build the plaza, and it's going to be great and blurry and super cool. Um, but as they started building, literally as they started like digging up the dirt, they found that there was crud underneath the surface because our church in seven years will be 150 years old, okay? Yeah. 150 years. So there might be awesome contemporary churches that you're like, wow, there's this awesome church, and they're doing this thing over here. That's awesome. Where will they be in 150 years? Will they still be thriving? Will they still be here? It's crazy that God is working, and it's been 150 years. Um, praise God for that. Um, but the thing that's bad about 150 years is there's been a lot of different people who've tried to put, like, plumbing and gas lines and water lines underneath, right? So, like, grandparents, grandparents, back in the day, they put this water line here, and then maybe they wrote it on a really weird piece of paper, and then uh, 10 years later, they replaced that, and they put a gas line here. And so basically, it's a web of destruction underneath the surface. So what they found when they were trying to build is they need to actually go through and figure out, okay, what's broken, what's leaking, where are the gas and water lines, and they had to redo all of it. So it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if we would have just built the thing, and then, okay, there was a gas leak actually one day when Will and I, we walked out, and we're like, whoa, this is probably not safe. No one light a match. Um, and uh, we walked out. There's like a gas leak. And we're like, hey, what if that would have happened after it had been built? We walk out now, and there's a gas leak. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And they have to what? Like, I don't know, remove, like, the gym floor to get to the gas leak, right? It's a good thing they, they did it now. And with a lot of these things, when you get into marriage, it's a fertile ground for your crud and baggage to be like, here I am now. You didn't notice me when I was in high school, but I'm your baggage. Woo, party. Um, this is going to happen to you. And so here's the thing. Let's work on it now. Let's dig it up now. Let's get to the root of these things now. Because um, you have blind spots, and there are things under the surface that you don't see. They're called blind spots because maybe other people see it, but you don't see it. Who has a blind spot here? If you raise your hand, then you probably aren't getting the point. Blind spot. <laughs> you don't know that you have a blind spot. Um, so here's why you have counselors. <laughs> counselors want to help you see your blind spots. They might say, hey, it sounds like this is happening. Hey, have you thought about this? And so your leaders, your counselors want to help you. There are also some blind spots that your leaders don't even know about. And that's honestly where we refer you to professional counseling. And my hope would be at some point that all of us, uh, not together, but at some point in your life, that you would go for a season into therapy, um, and you would actually be able to work through some of these things. Therapy is good. Um, <laughs> And there's a lot of things that I've had to learn and, I, and that no one else could tell me, but I learned when I went into therapy. So we highly recommend it. If you're interested in therapy, if stuff comes up from this series that you want to go deeper in, um, come talk to a leader, and then um, we might be able to, to hook you up and, and pay for that and make it happen. We want you to be healthy. Um, cool. Um, so let's get underneath the surface. Your family has impacted you, all right? 
So how? Maybe you uh, grew up in a single family. Maybe you were adopted. Maybe you grew up in crazy affluence. Maybe everyone told you you're a child star and you're going to be a prodigy. That affects you. Um, maybe you um, were a part of the foster care system. Maybe you um, have just you know, a normal family, um, and, but, but maybe they have expectations of you. Or maybe your family is just awesome in the way that they show love to each other and respect to each other. Maybe that influences you. Everything does. Um, so before we go any farther, both good and bad things impact us. And so we just have some, some cool snapshots from some of your leaders. I told them they have like a little bit, like a minute to just share, hey, here's, here's um, in good and bad ways how their family has impacted them, just to get us thinking more. Um, so let's go with, uh, Will, we'll start. Hey, guys. So one of the blessings that I received from my parents, um, some of you know this, but if you don't know me as well, I might not have told you, I'm adopted. And that has just profoundly affected my life, and that's a lot longer of a story. But one of the ways that, that my parents blessed me through that was I, for the entirety of my life, I have felt incredibly loved by my parents. And that started from day one because adoption for me, and it's a little bit different for everybody who is adopted, but adoption for me was one of those things where I realized my parents, um, they adopted me, they brought me into their family, and I hadn't done anything to deserve that. I hadn't um, been any more special than any of the other babies who have been put up for adoption. Um, so I, from day one, even though I've still struggled with self-esteem and a lot of stuff when I was in high school, I have felt this sense of worth, like because I was loved by my parents, and then even deeper I sensed <coughs> that when they told me I was loved by them, that I was also loved by God in an even more profound way. So. It's helped me in my own relationships to not only see like my own inherent worth because I've been created by God and loved by God and my parents, but also the worth of other people around me and that God loves each and every single one of you and everyone that I have a relationship with in the same way that I was loved. And so I still have my bad days where I'm impatient and probably more rude than I want to admit that I can be, but I strive to see others in the way that I feel that I have been loved because I was adopted. Um, let's go to Jordan, wherever you're, you're yay. Hey guys. Uh, so I've been super blessed to have grown up in a um, very loving and healthy family dynamic and environment. Um, from a young age, my parents have instilled the importance of a communication and also just supporting one another. Um, I'm seriously so lucky to go home every day and just know that my parents love me, my siblings love me, um, and that they support me no matter what. I know I take that for granted often because like, not, not a lot of people can say that. Um, and also my parents have just demonstrated what a healthy marriage looks like. And I know for myself and my siblings, we can all say like that's something that we want in our future. And just the importance of just having healthy relationships with your siblings, just people that you can rely on each and every day. So I think it's, um, I'm seriously so blessed to have just such amazing parents and um, siblings. So that's kind of my life. Thanks. Let's go to Vicky. Um, so I was kind of growing up, I grew up in a single parent I feel like I grew up just with like a like a giant suitcase of baggage that I just kind of stuffed with all of like my feelings and emotions 
And because I grew up with a really strong, awesome single mom, um, independent, I learned from her a lot of independence. And so I always knew that, like, in, like I just thought that I had to rely fully on myself to succeed. And I, so I am very independent because of that. Um, the blessings that I have learned from growing up in a single parent household is um, that hospitality is a really big thing because we had room in our home. We would allow people to just like come and stay at our home whenever people were in need. So I saw um, my mom see the needs of people in our community and just invite them into our home. So even though we didn't have a family structure and I don't have a family structure to look at and like be like, okay, this is what a family unit looks like. That wasn't necessarily passed down to me. Um, I can, like, she never, um, I don't know, she always loved me even though, like, it wasn't, like, the family unit. Um, and so there's blessings to that independence and blessings to having an open door policy for people, but then also a ton of baggage that lies with the fact that, like, you think that, like, oh, did a family member leave because, um, because of me, because of me being, like, the child or whatever, like, did my dad leave because it was me or whatever. So I had a giant baggage train that I'm still, like, you know, we work on it together. It's fine. Right? So we're in it together now. Not, and now it's just not my baggage. It's also his. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. And you, bro you both bring suitcases filled with stuff, you know? Even if you have the best parents in the world, you just you, you still bring stuff, both of you, if you get married. Um, no, yeah, for sure. Grace, last one, over here. Uh, so for me, coming from a really large family, full of love, uh, one of the most important lessons I've learned from my family is... Uh, the most important door in your family is not the physical door, but the heart, and how much love you pour, not just to your family, but to your community. Uh, so the type of society I grew up in is like uh, communal, not just family. Yeah, so you have <coughs> visitors coming in without even notification, and my parents being okay with that, and just be welcoming, uh, my home has always been just full of people who just bring love and laughter, and that's like something that I've carried with me uh, through my high school life, through my college life, and just that feeling makes me comfortable going anywhere in the world, uh, knowing that that's how God intends us to be, the love that he gives us to share with the people around us and just make us, make us feel safe just because of that, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so, yeah, you, you kind of got a snapshot of blessings and baggage um, from some of your leaders, which they would love to tell you more, all of them, I know. Um, so right now, I'm going to make everyone feel better because I'm going to tell you about a family that was worse than anyone's family in this room. Um, and it's actually, they, they started, uh, God was basically used them to start this thing um, called God's Family. Um, Israel. Um, so this guy's name is Abraham. So who is Abraham tonight? Someone was Abraham? No one got Abraham? There was Abraham and Sarah floating around. No one got them. That's so sad. Um, so Abraham, God came to Abraham and said, through you, 
you um, and your descendants, you'll be a blessing to all nations that, um, that you will have um, through you. There will be um, people that will outnumber um, the stand on the shore, the stars in the sky. There's going to be this great nation that's going to come through you, Abraham. Um, but Abraham, although he blessed us um, with those things, he also had a lot of baggage. And there was histories of baggage. First thing, uh, there was a pattern of lying. Um, Abraham lies about who his wife is in order for um, him not, basically not to get in trouble with the authorities in this one city. Um, and they end up wanting to, to sleep with her. It's this crazy story. Read the Old Testament. It's crazy. Um, then there's this history of lying. And then you go to Abraham's son, Isaac. And Isaac ha and, and Rebecca have this marriage that's characterized by more lies. And then Isaac um, has a son whose name is Jacob. Jacob, anyone know what his name means? Mm -hmm. Israel, anyone know what? <laughs> heel grabber, heel grabber. So basically, his, his name, um, in other words, it means deceiver. But it's like the heel grabbing was like literally the idea was when he was leaving the womb, he was grabbing his brother and pulling him back in. Anyways, gross, crazy stuff. Jacob ends up lying, pretends like he's his brother so he can steal his brother's birthright, craziness and lies. But it continues to go from generation to generation. Also with this family, the family of glory, um, there is um, favoritism that happens. Okay, so Abraham fairies, uh, <laughs> Abraham fairies. Abraham favors Isaac. Isaac favors Esau. And Jacob's like, no, I'm going to pretend to be you. And now I'm the favorite. Yay. Um, and God still uses the brokenness. Um, also, there's poor intimacy that's happening. Um, Abraham has a child with Sarah's servant. Okay, Abraham has a child out of wedlock. Uh, and then in the next generation, Isaac has this terrible relationship with Rebekah. Um, and then Jacob has two wives and two concubines. Jacob is living with four people he's sleeping with, um, and which is crazy. So I don't know what your house is like, but if you had two moms and two concubines, it happened, and you had a dad. It was just it was crazy. So that's happening um, it, with Jacob. So there's this history of um, poor intimacy. Also, brothers who are experiencing cut off, um, uh, they're being cut off from one another. So Isaac and Ishmael are cut off and estranged. Jacob um, flees after he steals Esau's birthright, and, and, and they're broken off for a bit. Um, all this is happening. Crud waterfall, okay? Crud, 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 bad, bad, bad. Just baggage, 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 baggage into generation to generation to generation. And then we meet our friend today who we're going to talk about, and his name is Joseph. Yay. <laughs> it's hard to see. Um, and Joseph, man, he is the favorite. Um, his dad, Israel, another name for Jacob, um, he loves him, gives him this Technicolor coat, which you guys have seen maybe the musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, gives him that. Um, his, and Joseph has dreams about how all his brothers are going to bow down to him. Um, his brothers are ticked, and so they all plot to kill him. Uh, makes sense. So they, they're like, we're going to kill this ram, and then we're going to take the blood, and we're going to put it on his Technicolor Dreamcoat, and it'll be a Technicolor um, nightmare coat. And, you know, hey, you know, we're going to we go back, tell his dad that um, he's actually died. Meanwhile, what they actually do with Joseph is they throw him in um, a well, in a pit, and um, they sell him into slavery. And so for like um, 13 years, Joseph is in slavery. So Joseph has an option. Joseph has an option that you have tonight. What are you going to do with your baggage? Because it can easily keep going to the next generation. And if you do nothing, that's what's going to happen. You have an option. Are you going to mirror the bad things? Are you going to repeat the bad things? Are you going to modify them? Are you going to change? And so Joseph, he does three things. we got three things, and then we'll be um, heading out to small groups. Joseph, in the midst of his crud, 
In the midst of the worst experience, he's in prison. He still recognizes the bigness of God. He has a profound sense of the bigness of God. So it doesn't matter what you're experiencing right now. Joseph experienced that. He had any right to say, God, you don't care about me. God, you have no plan and no future for me. God, why did you put me in this family? He had all the right to blame and to be frustrated. But even in the midst of his frustration, he still trusted that God had him there for a reason. Second thing is Joseph admits, uh, Joseph admitted honesty, honestly the sadness and losses in his family. Don't pretend like everything's okay. How are you? Everything's great. Yay. Meanwhile, fire and destruction behind you. You don't need to pretend. You can be honest. Hey, there's hard stuff going on. Or hey, there's stuff I don't even know what it is. I need help. So Joseph admitted. They would literally hear Joseph wailing in the temple. And they're like, oh, that's Joseph again, crying about his family. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, here's, the, here's the big one. Joseph rewrote his script. He rewrote his script. He decided from this day forward, things are going to change. They will not be the way that they were. Um, and he rewrote it to be a blessing. So his brothers all show up because there's been a crazy famine. And he has a choice. I could kill all my brothers, except for Reuben. He's, he's awesome. Um, I could kill them all. I could send them back. And instead he says to them, what you intended for evil, God will use for good. What you intended for evil, God will use for good. That's what we get to choose. Do we want to say that? Um, and so he chooses to shift his focus from his pain to the purpose that God has for it. He changes his perspective. It's not what's happened to you. It's what you do from this day forward. Um, the interesting thing um, is that when, when people were welcomed um, into this family of faith, the, the thing that people would say every time in the New Testament is they would say, you have been adopted into the family of God. That it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter who you came from or where you came from. You have been adopted into the family of God. And so you might feel like you're all over the place, and you're from all over the place, and you have a ton of crud. You have been adopted into the family of God, and by the Holy Spirit, you have been brought into a new relationship where you have an ultimate father who is God. You have brothers and sisters in this room who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not a pretend thing. It's a real thing that has really spiritually happened. It has happened that you have brothers and sisters, you have, a, you have a father who loves you, you have a family, you have a new beginning, the old is gone, the new has come, you've been given this. Um, and so, two things for tonight, as you go into small groups. One, be honest. Be honest. We want to deal with these things now. Um, also, be honest with other people. You need to know that the person also is carrying a suitcase. So if you're in a dating relationship, or one day when you're in a dating relationship, or if you're just in a long-term relationship with anybody, they also have a suitcase. And you need to know what's in there. Because if you don't figure out what's in there, man, woo, hi, it's all here. Okay, it's going to come. There'll be a day. And you'll think back to Joel and then send me a letter. Um, <laughs> without Christ's power, you can't change. Without Christ's power, you cannot change. Without Jesus at work within you, you cannot rewrite the script. Um, so be honest. The second thing we're going to do tonight is just decide. Yes. <laughs> He wants you to decide. What are you? What are you taking with you? What are you leaving behind? And what are you adding? Um, you get to decide tonight. And you might feel a little bit like this last clip will show. You might feel like this tonight. Yeah! 
All right, you can run from it or you can learn from it. What are you going to do tonight? Are you going back to go forward? Amen? Amen. Hey, here's the thing. We are getting super practical tonight. Um, as you leave um, to your small group, you are going to your small groups tonight, so where you normally go, um, not where you went last week. So ask a leader, someone who looks important. Um, you're going to be able to dive deep into this and have a good discussion. All right, we love you. Next week, we're continuing to hit it. Be here on Sunday. We love you. If you have questions about winter camp, come talk to me. Go straight to your small groups.